I made a decision that day. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay. Um, I do want to be a husband and a father. And I want to be responsible. And I can't. Uh-huh. And so today I'm going to quit putting everybody through it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to... There's, there's a cooler full of alcohol, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get drunk enough, and I'm going to go out in that pickup, and I'm going to put it into a tree as fast as it'll go. Really? Yeah. Wow. And because I just, I knew I, I couldn't quit doing what I was doing. I I wanted to, but every time I tried to do something, to do it and, and not drink and not be that guy, I, I failed. Uh-huh. And I knew it was destroying my marriage and my kids, and my thought process was, they're better off without me. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just, I'm a burden and this ain't, this, I'm sure. not good. And so I started drinking probably eight o'clock that morning and thought, you know, this is Christmas day. I'm, I'm going to be done tonight. Some people turn out and just really surprise you. And that's what I'd have to say about my friend, Kevin Inman and the transformation that's gone on to his life, which is just Nothing short of a miracle compared to what he was and the story he tells. And so while we talk to him, I'd like to say, like the podcast, subscribe. Doesn't cost you a thing, but I'd like you to hear more messages, including this amazing one from my friend, the dog. Good. Well, I'm sitting down today with my old friend, and I mean old, kind of, like we're both old now, Kevin Inman, and I just, he's had such an incredible life story, and I really wanted to to bring him over here and talk to him, and so that's why you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here. That's that's I'm for glad sure. I'm here too. I uh, <laughs> I have been told that I have the the face for radio, so I'm, I'm super excited well, about about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah, we've known each other for several years now. Yeah, I mean, we were in, in high school. You yeah. Know, it was like. Yeah. We were running around and. Cousin yeah. Dale is is what Christy would call <laughs> you, yes. so that's for. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. It's been a day or two since I know, then. I know, man. And so the thing that I want to say is in high school, you were always known as dog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was a kind of an appropriate name. <laughs> you know, you it were... definitely was. <laughs> and so yeah. why don't you tell me about that? Uh, that's, it's funny that, uh, there was, a, there were a lot of people that didn't even know my real name <laughs> for years. And, yeah. and even, even today I still, um, I still, some people still call me that and that's, it's great. It, it's, it, you know, it's part of who, who I was or who uh-huh. I am and, and the identity, yeah. but it, it came from, uh, the fifth grade before I even lived up here in Missouri. Uh-huh. Uh, my cousin, Sean Kearns, uh-huh. remember Sean and, and yeah. Bill Aritas. Sure. So. We were at Whitewater together, uh-huh. and they were a few years older. So they uh, they told them told me that say that this is our swimming area in the wave pool, and if anybody comes <laughs> near it, then you you have the job of running them off. <laughs> I said, okay, well, what do I do? And, and and Billy's like, just bark like a dog at them. <laughs> and so that's what my day consisted of at Whitewater was barking at people as they got in the swimming area, and then we went back home and. Uh, then when I moved up here to Marionville, it was my freshman year, so about four years later, uh-huh. went in, registered for high school, and as soon as I walk out the door, the parking lot's got a bunch of seniors in there, you know, uh-huh. they're hanging out, and, and Billy was one of them, and he stands up and he said, well, there's the old mad dog that <laughs> from Whitewater, and that was it. It just, it never changed from there. It got shortened up to dog after a few years, but, uh-huh. but yeah, that was it, and, uh. I uh, kind of around that time was when when life really took a different change for me. I mean, uh-huh. uh, and I don't really know what it was. I know that it's a new place. I'm uh, I've since found out I'm kind of a Type I personality. I'm, uh-huh. I like I like people. I like I like being the center of attention. I like having fun. Sure. So all that played into the the nickname, the new kid. Uh-huh. And I just really felt that need to, to uh, oh, just to kind of be the guy. Yeah. And I met I met a guy one time. Well, I think most people know him. His uh, when I was 
think I was 13, and I was at a party, and I remember this guy showed up, and everybody was like, oh, man, um, gosh, I don't know if I should mention his name. He's not. He's no, no longer with us, but oh, no. I idolized him uh-huh. in that sense. Uh-huh. He wasn't a real big guy. He's kind of redheaded, and I, so I saw a lot of similarities that I wanted uh-huh. to be like this guy, sure. and... Um, I just thought, man, that's what that's what I want to do. Like, I want people to perk up when I come around. And sure. In the sense, I was like, I just want to be pretty wild and crazy. Right. And I kind of set out on that at, <laughs> at a young age, and um, so it was. It that was it. Like, just go have as much fun, live full throttle, and a lot of a lot of crazy things happened through there. Um, uh-huh. Why I'm here today, I'm not real sure, but <laughs> I mean, at 15, I got arrested for DWI, uh-huh. and uh, it worked out to where um, the uh, the guy that arrested me was like a county. Back then, we had the county, and then we had the uh-huh. Marionville guys, and, yeah. and so the Marionville guy came up after he had me arrested. I remember I was sitting in the back of the county car, and, and I could hear him talking outside, <laughs> and the guy from Maryville was like, hey, if... Uh, he's like, it's your deal. You do you do what you want to do. But I'm just going to tell you that if if you let me take this kid home, it'll probably be worse than him going to jail. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like... I remember looking at him, it's like, I'll go to jail. Like I, would, <laughs> I do not want anybody waking up my mom at 2 o'clock in the morning and uh-huh. her not... You know, I'm supposed to be in bed at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, those kind of things just kind of happened and... and uh, Really, when I took my first drink, I was hooked. Uh-huh. I could be somebody different. I didn't have to be me. Right. And uh, I really played into to all that. And all through high school, it was um, it was a problem. And probably by the time I was 17, I knew that I had a problem with it. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I knew that I was really doing things I, I couldn't... Like, I would go out and... Some people would drink and, and then they would go home. Sure. And I would just go till it was over, till uh-huh. I couldn't go anymore. And uh, but I never really was ready to do anything about it. So I had to had a lot of trouble with the law and went to uh, some rehab and um, all kinds of all kinds of things. And then I decided that uh, I was going to join the army. And that was okay. going to be the best thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one of my buddies that knew me real well, he had served. He had served in, in the service, and uh, he said, "You know, he said that'd be a really good thing for you." I said, "Man, I don't know about that." Uh-huh. And he's like, "Just think of it this way: he goes, you get three meals a day, no matter what, and a, and a place to sleep." I sure. Think. So that kind of sounds like jail. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, "You know what? I'll I'll do it." And uh, joined the army. Spent a couple of years in Georgia. Yeah. In the infantry and just absolutely, at the time I didn't know that, I didn't know what I was getting, uh-huh. you know, like when you go through it and then you look back, you're like, wow, that was really good for me. Sure. I didn't realize what it was doing for me, uh-huh. but um, made some just tremendous friends, lifelong friends. I just talked to a couple of them the other day on, on uh, Facebook and uh-huh. uh Got in a lot of trouble while I was in there. I was great when we were out in the field where I couldn't get to that booze uh-huh. or do anything yeah. wrong. We we, just, we had a good time and pretty good soldier. But if you get back in garrison and time to have your uniform pressed and and all that stuff, right. I, I didn't I didn't function too well. But right. uh, they they uh, they went ahead and, and I got out honorably. So that was that was a plus. That's good. That's good sign. <laughs> it was a little iffy for a little bit before I did get out, and uh, I decided that I didn't. I didn't want to stay in the service, and they thought that was probably a pretty good idea as well. So <laughs> we parted ways, shook hands. Good. And uh, I, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things that today when I look back at that, I, re- I regret some of that. Um, but uh, how so? What do you regret? I feel like I, sh- I didn't, uh, I didn't honor our country the way that I could have uh, while yeah. I was in. I wasn't a real good example of a soldier. Uh-huh. Um, not I wasn't just the best human being, and so therefore, when you represent, you know, the the this this country, I just didn't feel like I did it very well, mm-hmm. and and so that would have been what around two thousand or that was ninety two to ninety four. Okay, while I was in, mm-hmm. it was um, it was right after 
um, Desert Storm, uh-huh. and they that's when they had, were going for a downsize, a leaner, meaner service sure. or whatever, and they were offering a, a two-year deal instead of, originally it was just four four years or nothing. Right. And so they offered that, and there was, there was just a ton of us that were in there that took that. And uh-huh. It was really good. I mean, you, you earned some, some money for college. and Sure. I, like I said, I didn't realize what it gave me, but when I came out and went back into the workforce, because uh-huh. I'd spent, I graduated high school and then spent a couple of years just bouncing around. I had uh-huh. 20 jobs. And right. Never found anything I wanted to do, and it sure. was always this stuff. And then when uh-huh. I got out, I got a job in construction. Like, I was highly motivated to work and work hard and just, you know, give everything I had at work. Right. And that's what that's what the service had taught me, that just uh-huh. the discipline to, well, good. if you're going to do it, work, go. Yeah. I mean, let's, and so that, that, that definitely served me well throughout uh, my life. And so, gosh, got married right after I got out. Uh-huh. That didn't go well. Um, <laughs> Uh, my first wife is uh, she's she's a wonderful wonderful lady and uh, she was married to a not not a good person. Okay. And, um, probably the smartest thing she ever did was to <laughs> say I think we're good and we're done. So <laughs> um, we just since you know made amends and, and all is well there. Sure. And so um, I uh, thought, man, that's that was the deal. If I just single and I'd be fine. And, yeah. That lasted not too long, and then I met my wife now, Shannon, and right. uh, I'm not real sure why she was stuck around through some of the stuff. But, um, she she's uh, she's amazing, uh-huh. and uh, she loved me. She loved me unconditionally. Uh-huh. I went through a lot of a lot of difficult times when you when you live with an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of baggage comes with that. Sure. You got to deal with whether I was coming home or whether I wasn't, whether I was right. going to go spend our money or whether I didn't, uh-huh. you know, and uh, especially living in, in, in a small town. It's not, everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. And so um, with the kids and everything, I uh, I wasn't a very good husband, wasn't a very good dad, and and just spent a lot of time. I worked really hard and, and then I played really hard. Uh-huh. And so she put up with a lot of stuff. And then, uh, gosh, man, this, it's been a long time ago. I remember something probably early, mid-2000s or something. I remember at that place that was a country bar somewhere <laughs> over near... Um, Mount Vernon. Yes. The Snorty Horse Saloon. Yeah. Yes, and I remember seeing you, and, you know, we talked or whatever, mm-hmm. but that was still, I mean, it was, you were still in that lifestyle at that time. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was an interesting time. <laughs> um, I'm a... I'm a fan of live music. Sure. And I know you are. Yeah. And, and there was some good live music. Great yeah. musicians yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, they were all I, playing this hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's some, you know, in the red dirt country Texas music scene, yeah. there's some big names that came yeah, through there. Yeah, great. Got to meet some great people. It was it was interesting. Jason Bolin came uh-huh. and played there. Uh-huh. And after, and and. When I found out about him, I kind of did some research on him. Found out that he really struggled with alcohol and uh-huh. some drugs, and and he was in a season where he was he he was wanting to be sober and stay sober. So when he came and played in Mount Vernon, he was sober, and uh, that really intrigued me because I at, I mean at that point I knew I was a complete wreck. Like it well, was because not I good. know that night you were a complete complete wreck <laughs> in you know, the nicest way, but you yeah. know it was awesome. I yeah. was uh, not awesome, but you know I was actually working <laughs> when I was there. But oh really? After he uh, after he played and we closed down, I I got to kind of sit down with him and, uh-huh. and the owner for a little bit and just and just kind of talk and uh-huh. you know you 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 see him or you hear him on the radio or you see him in these big concerts and. A lot of times we forget they're real people with sure. real life and families, and and that was a 
I don't know if I've ever really mentioned that conversation, but it was a, it was a really just a good conversation really? to see somebody who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, he was famous. Uh-huh. I mean, he's a very famous guy, and to see that he dealt with some things that I was dealing with or, sure. or knew I was dealing with, I I wasn't really ready to admit it at that time, uh-huh. to publicly, by any means. But uh, it was really inspiring to see some. You know, it's kind of one of those things that was. It was a seed sown in me uh-huh. that later I, that would come to bear fruit, uh-huh. um, because everybody else was just felt like let's you know they were musicians and partied and that's what you did and that's sure. how it was cool and mm-hmm. and uh, you know Shannon was working there, I was working there, and uh, we just I just I thought it was the greatest gig ever. Uh-huh. So I, I'd go <laughs> pour concrete during the day and then. I'd go there on the weekends and, and I could drink for free and, uh-huh. and, and fight for fun. And, 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 and <laughs> that was, that was nice because there, you know, as a bouncer, you, you, uh, you have help because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't very good at, at, at really at either one of those things, <laughs> drinking or fighting, but uh, I tried hard. Uh-huh. Um, so when we were working there and Shannon really made some decisions that, that changed everything. Okay. She led the way this and the point she just said, I, I can't do this. Like this is uh-huh. not where I need to be. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Uh-huh. I don't need to be working at a bar. And, uh, she had, uh, she, she'd gone to church, started going to church a little bit. And that just scared me to death. I thought, Man, this is, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And she quit and she just said, you know, I want you to come to church with us. Uh-huh. And I thought, man, I could go. I can go. I just, I just won't get, I won't get too wound up on Saturday night so I can make it to church <laughs> with her on Sunday. Yeah. I don't have to change anything. I'll just show up. And that's what you do. You just go to, go in and out of the door to church. Uh-huh. And I'd come home from work and <laughs> Dale, she'd, she'd have a, she'd go to church and I wouldn't. Uh-huh. And, and she'd go as soon as church was over you could go to the back and they'd burn off a CD of the sermon uh-huh. and she'd take that home. And I, I think she waited on about the time I was supposed to get home and start that sermon. So when I came in, <laughs> you were it, there, Pastor Robert would be preaching or there'd be worship music on. And I was just uh-huh. like, what? And I just said, man, why are you, I can't even listen to this guy. Like, this, what are you doing? Like, this is uh-huh. nuts. And she's like, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is how I'm, I'm going to lead our family. And yeah. And I finally was like, man, I don't know. And so I kind of started committing to go. And it was right before Christmas. And, what year uh, was this? This was 2006. Okay. And I I'd not drank for a little while. I'd stopped working at the bar. Uh-huh. Kind of Everything was kind of settling down. And that's one of my biggest downfalls. When things get normal, uh-huh. I need I needed chaos. Sure, they had taught me that in a, in a class in like Alcoholics Anonymous or something. At one uh-huh. point, one of the classes I had to go to, they said, you know, people, most alcoholics are addicted to the chaos uh-huh. as much to the chaos as they are the alcohol. Uh-huh. And I never registered with me, but everything kind of started getting normal. And I was at work one day, and this was right before Christmas. Uh-huh. And I got a phone call. Said, "Hey, you want to go out and do some shopping for the wives?" And, and that just meant we were going to go, maybe buy a card <laughs> and have some drinks. Yes. I'm like, "Nah, man, I can't do that. I, I, I've been going to church." And, and uh, like, "Oh, okay, that's that's weird, but all right." <laughs> and then a couple hours later, I just kept. Well, Thank I can I can go have a couple. Sure. I'm not going to go off the rails. I'm just going to go and hang sure. out. And as soon as. As soon as I started, I was off the rails. I mean, really off the rails. I finally made it home. And uh, I, I I remember I walked in the door and she was on the couch and she was crying. And she's like, what, what happened? Like, what is going on? And one of the things about being that far into my alcoholism, knowing I had a problem, knowing all the stuff that I was doing was wrong, and um, it just brings out anger. Oh yeah, and so she had dealt with that in the past of me being angry and 
and doing things that that uh, no man should ever ever do. Sure. And uh, I'd been to jail for it, been arrested for it. And that night when she said, "What's going on? What happened?" All that came out. Okay. And uh, I, I'll 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 never forget it because I remember just looking at her and I just said, "Shut up," and and you don't you don't get to tell me what to do. Right. I'm a grown man. I can do this and I can sure. do that. And I started to walk towards her, and she just she just looked at me. And to, for those of you that don't know, Shannon's about five two and weighs about one oh five, soaking wet. And uh, she just pointed her finger at me. She said, you're never going to touch me again. You're going to go in there and you're going to get in bed. And you are never going to lay a hand on me again. And I just, I, rem- I, I don't know what happened between there and anything else. I just remember I was laying in bed and I was mad as a hornet. And I was like, she can't <laughs> tell me what to do. Yeah. And the deal she was. Tell you not to beat me. <laughs> that was another one of those moments where I was like, I don't understand what just happened. Right. And so the next day I just get up and I go to work and I make phone calls to the guys that I went out with and apologize to them because I'd, I'd done some, I got wild whenever we'd gone out and done some stupid things. Sure. The last person I call is my wife and I'm like, hey, sorry about that. And, and, and she, uh, her response to me was, listen, I, I love you. I want you to be my husband. I want you to be a father to these kids. And I want you to be here with us. Right. But if you have one drink, do not step foot in this house. You're not welcome. Don't come on my drink. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, she, uh, and I was like, okay. Like I didn't really know how to process it. Uh-huh. And so a couple hours later, I called her back. I said, hey, a friend of mine's doing some, doing a night pour down here. And Nick said, I'm going to go help him do some concrete. And she said, look, I, that's fine. But if you have a drink, don't come home. And, uh-huh. and if you don't, please be here. We want you to. And I was like, all right. So I went. As soon as I had one, I said, well, then I'm out for the night. And so I drank all night that night. Uh-huh. And then for the next two nights, I, I stayed, two days uh-huh. and nights, I stayed drunk. Uh-huh. And so the following morning, I call, and it's Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And I said, hey, I'll be home in a little bit. And, and, uh, I'll, uh, we'd bought a four-wheeler for the kids and it was getting worked on. I said, well, I'm going to go pick that up and I'll come home. We'll do Christmas. Sure. And she said, well, that's okay. Don't worry about it. She's like, we've already done Christmas. We're not waiting on you anymore. Our life doesn't revolve around whether you're here or not here. Good for her. And, uh, of course, I got mad like uh-huh. I had a right to or something. And uh, we're yelling at each other. And she said, listen to me. If you're not drinking, you're welcome here. I love you. I want I want you to be my husband. I want you to be a father to these kids. And I was like, that's stupid. I was like, there's no way you can possibly love me. And so I ended up yelling, screaming, and she was like, okay, well, we're done. And, and hang up. And so I went out and drank again that night. And the next morning when I woke up, it was Christmas morning. Uh-huh. And uh, I made a decision that day. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay. Um, I do want to be a husband and a father, and I want to be responsible, and I can't. Uh-huh. And so today I'm going to quit putting everybody through it, uh-huh. and I'm going to. There's there's a cooler full of alcohol, so I'm going to, I'm going to get drunk enough, and I'm going to go out in that pickup, and I'm going to put it into a tree as fast as it'll go. Really? Yeah. Wow. And because I just I knew I I couldn't quit doing what I was doing. I. I wanted to, but every time I tried to do some to do it and and not drink and not be that guy, I, I failed. Uh-huh. And I knew it was destroying my marriage and my kids. And my thought process was, they're better off without me. Uh-huh. I'm I'm just I'm a burden, and this ain't this I'm not sure. good. And so I started drinking probably eight o'clock that morning, and thought, you know, this is Christmas Day. I'm I'm going to be done tonight. Uh-huh. And and it was the uh, is the craziest thing ever. I drank. I mean, I've been doing it for twenty one years. I know how to do it. I know how to get drunk and do something <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It's not my first rodeo here. Sure. And so I drank and I drank and I drank and I drank and and 
some buddies and we partied and we drank whiskey and we and I couldn't tip to the point of of getting really drunk like mm-hmm. I was drunk but something was and there there and there was just this inside of me was just this I mean massive rage like uh-huh. I, I I I can't explain it but at one point we were standing on a on a patio and it's like I just was try- I was like I was just jumping out of my skin and I grab a refrigerator and I pick it up and throw it uh-huh. like I I'm not strong enough to pick up a refrigerator and throw it <laughs> and and everybody's like what in the world is wrong with you and I was like I I don't know like I don't know and I didn't tell anybody what my plan was I just uh-huh. and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I just it was lights out I just I passed out was done uh-huh. and. Come to find out, Shannon had been, she had called the pastor and said, he's, he's in bad shape and uh-huh. I don't know what to do. And, and he had been telling her, you know, love him, but boundaries. Sure. And they had been praying for me and they'd been on the phone praying. Who was this? What was uh, Robert Mattingly. Okay. And uh, where was he? In Aurora. Okay. That, that night he was driving through Arkansas. He has family down in like, uh, I said Clinton, I think, but uh-huh. he was driving through, you know, Boston Mountains and sure. service, no service, and they're calling yeah. each other, and they're and the deal was they were they were battling for me. Uh-huh. I mean, the enemy wants me dead. Sure. And I was headed right towards his plan, <laughs> and I was yeah. voluntarily going. But I feel like I mean, I just know they were they were in war for me spiritually, praying uh-huh. God protect him. He's you're not done with him. He's got a plan, right. and she loved me enough to pray those prayers for me, and and uh, I, I believe with everything that I am, that's why I didn't, that's why I couldn't, and that's what was going on in me. Uh-huh. And when I woke up the next morning, I had a peace in a sense of, when I woke up, I just thought, here I am another day, uh-huh. and then it was like, Something went off in me, and I was like, I just, I can't quit this stuff. I can't quit living this way. Uh-huh. And something went off and said, you're right, you can't. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, that, duh, like that's whatever, whatever this is, this thought, it, yeah. we are in agreement. But I had a peace, and I felt like, well, there's something that can help me. I don't know what it is. And I called Shannon, and I said, hey. Man, I don't know what's going on. I said, I said, I'm sorry. I know we've said this a thousand times, and we've been together, and we split up. We've been together and split sure. up, and, and I said, I'm sorry. I know things got to change, and and I don't know what to do, but I I have I said I just have this hope right now that something can help me. Uh-huh. And she said, Are you drinking? I said, No, I'm I'm not. And she said, Well, just come home. Uh-huh. Like I love you, and she tells me this stuff, and I'm like. That's impossible. Wow. And so I went, as I always say this, I went and broke up with my friends. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Uh, crazy thing was, I went to one of my best buddies and, and I went, I said, man, I hope you can understand what I'm getting ready to tell you. I said, I, I love you as a friend. You, you, you've always been a great friend to me, but you can do whatever you want to do. I don't have any, I said, I don't have any willpower to say no, to stop. Right. And I said, Please know that I'm not. You're not my problem. It was about breaking up with the friends, as it was just was the alcohol. Yeah, and I said I, I, I'm sorry, but don't call me. I'm not going to call you uh-huh. until I'm somewhat stable or whatever I got to do. And I, I said, I don't know how it's going to work out. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, "I'm so glad you said that because I've got to do the same thing." Really? And I was like, "What?" He's like, "I'm a mess." Like in the middle of doing this whole thing together. Uh-huh. I had no idea. I thought, man, if I could just be like him and have it right. together. And he mm-hmm. was like, I, I, I got to figure this out. So we split ways, and I went home, and I said, I got to, I got to, I got to talk to somebody. I just don't know who. And she said, Well, maybe I'll talk to the pastor. And I was like, I, That sounds great. I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> and I called him and uh, said, Hey, can we set up an appointment? I said, I don't know what to do or what to say. And he's like, Yeah. I met him on a Saturday morning over at the church in Aurora, Church on the Rock. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I've never had, 
and, and it's not an excuse. It's not a crutch. It's just a fact. I never had a, an a adult male figure in my life. Sure. That was positive. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad had left when I was really young. I mean, I'd met him and I'd, I know who he is. He lives in Billings. We have a, we had a relationship of some sort. Um, my uncle Blaine Kearns died whenever I was like 12. So uh-huh. he was the guy that I always wanted to be and to live up to. And, sure. and I knew I'd failed that. And, and so when I went in and talked to him, I said, I, I don't know what's going on. You know, I said, I, I just know that I can't stop drinking and I can't stop being this way. And he started asking me questions about, you know, what do you know about church? Well, you know, you, you've been here son, but what do you know? And yeah. I said, I don't know anything. I said, I, I know that when I come over here, you talk about this Jesus guy. Uh-huh. And I said, sounds, sounds like a great dude, man. Like this guy's <laughs> for something pretty special. Uh-huh. And he said, well, you know that that guy died for you. Uh-huh. And I said, why, why would he die for me? Uh-huh. And he showed me John 3.16. And he said, for God so loved Kevin. Uh-huh. He said, you put your name there. For God so loved Kevin that he gave his one and only son that if you, to die for you. That if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. Uh-huh. That you'll, you'll never have to experience death. That you'll have eternal life. And I was right. like, what does that even mean? And he's like, he can take everything if you'll give it to him. And I was like, all right. And and I, I remember looking at him. I said, this Jesus guy is the real deal. Uh-huh. And this stuff is real. I'm going to give it everything I got. Uh-huh. I said, but if this is fake or false, like televangelist, I want your money thing sure. or whatever. I said, in a few months, I'm blowing my head off. Uh-huh. And I said, that's going to be on you. And you're going to be responsible for my family. And he went, okay. <laughs> this guy like, really? I was like, that don't worry you? And he goes, because I know it's real. Uh, he said, the question is, are you really going to give him everything? Right. You have a choice to make to say, when you get in trouble, when you start having these thoughts or these feelings, are you going to trust Jesus or are you going to go back to the bottom? Right. I said, I'm in. What do I got to do? You know, where do I sign? And he was like, just, well, just pray this prayer. And I gave my life to Jesus that morning. I gave my heart to him. And I said, it was the craziest thing. When we said amen and I stood up from that chair, there was a weight that was lifted off of me like I'd never felt in my life. And I knew that at any given moment I could go drink, but I knew also in my heart that I never had to. I never had to do that again. There was nothing that could ever make me do that except for my own will. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, man, this is this is all right. Like, I'm in. And I went home, uh-huh. told Shannon, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, this is, I'm ready to rock and roll. She was like, okay. Like, like I haven't heard this before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sobered up. He's uh-huh. rested a little bit. Sure, yeah. And so it was weird. Like, I just knew immediately. I went back, just, you know, back to work and, now I'm not wanting to go party and all this. And sure. I, I got a Bible in my truck and I'm listening to Christian music and they're like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> this is good. They're like, you know, when this dude falls off the wagon this time, it's going to be sure. rough. Yeah. But uh, God's been, he's been so good and, and so faithful that uh, it's, uh, it's a hard walk sometimes, but it's also the easiest thing ever. Uh-huh. Because I know that he took that. I thought whenever I got rid of alcohol that I was fixed. Like, uh-huh. I'm good now. Sure. Then I figured out, wow, you're still jacked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. You got to, I just say it's the, the ogre, you know. Uh-huh. We've got the layers. And there's yeah. layers of things that he works on me in. And and it's, it's uh, you know, it's just a, it's a walk with Christ. And, and so a few years later, we decided that we were going to plant a church. Well, how many years was that between when that happened and when the church started? It was five years. Okay. Um, About 2010, 2011? We started 2011. Okay. October the 23rd, 2011. Uh, my advice is, if anybody thinks they're going to do that after five years of being saved, don't. <laughs> Wait a while. You don't have any idea. You, you don't know anything. You don't just... Take some time and relax. And so was that something that was like hard to do? Like, tell me about that. Um, man, 
church is a uh, church is a different deal. It's the you know I mean, essentially it's the bride of Christ. Well, you know now you're responsible for all these. You're people, responsible, or, or they think you are. Uh huh. Anyway. For leading them in the right direction, and. You know, when we started, we we didn't think we were going to start a church. We were just going to get together and pray. Uh-huh. Hey, what are we going to do? And we started out in uh, Brett and Sammy Young's garage, and we just met out there, a few uh-huh. of us. And then that day when, when we left, and I I told everybody, I said, if anybody wants to come, just bring a lawn chair. We'll just, you know, hang out. Sure. I'll share what's on my heart. We'll pray, do communion, you know, just seek God and what he wants us to do. Well, it was funny. We knew he was coming back because they'd just leave their lawn chair. <laughs> they took their lawn chair. We just said, uh, we love you. And I'm sure that we might not see you again. But that's okay. Um, but that day when we left, there was there was $700 laying on the table in the back. Oh, gosh. And I was like, that ain't good. Like, now I have to, we have to do something. The yeah. government has to know that this is money. Exactly. Like, somebody gave this money and I, right. we can't just... And so I went home and started a 501c, or it was a nonprofit, and I just I just called it Word of Life, uh-huh. Southwest Missouri Incorporated, and uh-huh. uh, so we we functioned under that. And people kept coming back to the garage, and by January of that year, we had we had well outgrown the garage, and so uh-huh. we went to Marionville and and that. Parkway Meadows with yeah. orphans. There was a I know. I was there. Couple of places. <laughs> there's a couple of places that were open. We went and looked at one where the old Dollar General store was. We're like, man, this is just way too big. And then uh-huh. we looked at another one. And we're like, this is perfect. So we moved in that late January, early February uh, of 2012. Uh-huh. By June, we had we'd outgrown that and we did lease the Dollar General side. Uh-huh. And so we were did that and then. As any place came open, we just we rented the place that came available. Uh-huh. And so now we've got all of it except for Murphins. Yeah, and, uh, that's awesome. It's it's a wild ride, that's for sure. Well, and so I want you to brag on people. Brag on your wife first. Oof. There's uh, not not really enough words to say. Um, what she means, not just to me, but just to to the church body. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's tough being. I'll say it's really tough to to be a pastor's wife, uh-huh. and it could be even harder to be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have that. Uh, I have the personality the attitude of when I go, I'm going all in. Right. When when I said the dog, I, I want to. <laughs> that's exactly right. When, when I made my commitment to Christ, to Jesus, I made that. Uh-huh. And, and uh, by no means perfect at, at all, and failed several times in this and that or whatever. But that meant that I was all in, and so uh-huh. I used to work. You know, I mean, I worked hard and sure. Construction, 60, 70, 80 hours, whatever it took, you, you just sure. did it. And so when I went into the ministry side, I did this, I've done the same thing. Uh-huh. And it's all in for the church. And sure. a lot of the times that leaves her and the kids uh-huh. still without their husband and father. Uh-huh. It's just in a different. And we've had the church eight years now. And I, I would love to be able to say I have that balanced out now, uh-huh. but it's still a struggle. Uh-huh. And she's still there, and she still loves me, and she still loves the church. I'm better than I used to be, uh-huh. but she's the one that uh, that she's essentially the one that keeps the thing going and together. I'm sure for her it's a good trade. <laughs> yes, eight year. You know, we've been saved what, thirteen. I've been saved thirteen years, uh-huh. so. Um. It just it in a sense it presents new sets of, of issues that you have to work through and and I think any marriage has that in seasons. Sure. We're we're getting we're heading into our our, our youngest is graduating high school, uh-huh. and we have a six year old granddaughter, 
Uh, I've got a grandson due in in February and a grandson due in August. So this season of life is changing. Uh And I, uh, as chaotic as I am, I I like routine. Uh I like to get up, go do my thing. Sure. So we're in a new season, and Shannon is the one that is helping navigate so much of that. Uh And that means she's got to kind of helped me along a lot uh-huh. she's um, incredibly special she's just kicked off she always made the joke like you know because everybody's like oh we'd love to hear you you preach uh-huh. or you speak or you this and sure and for a little while she was she wanted to, she was going to try to do the announcements uh-huh. and she's like I just I just freak out like I'm going to throw up uh-huh. I literally I'm going to throw up and that's not and I can't I just can't do that uh-huh. um but she has such a heart for people and for the church to share with them what it is about loving Jesus and, sure. and all that she's learned. And so recently she started with, uh, just kicked off like our women's group at church. And so she's leading uh, the women and they had their first uh, Wednesday night uh-huh. uh, meeting and there was over 60 women came uh-huh. to wow. be in that. And uh, that's, that's a good start. <laughs> so exciting because... She doesn't see how valuable she is to uh-huh. the to the church. I don't think I don't know that she understands how people view her because she's just living her life. Uh-huh. Like she just lives her life. I love God. I love my family. I love the church. I love sure. my husband. And, and and she lives this life of Christ. And so many other women are looking at her like they admire her. They want sure. they want to know what she has. Husband or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you know. They want to. And so often they'll ask her, like if a wife is coming to church and the husband's maybe living not so good. Sure. They come to her and like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I get him to change? How did you get Kevin to change? And she's like, it's you got to love God first. <laughs> yeah. And between you and God, God changes their heart. Uh-huh. And the only way that I really could accept the love of Christ, the unconditional love of Jesus, because I was like, I'm unlovable. Uh-huh. Like, you tell me this Jesus dude knows everything about me. That means he knows things that my wife doesn't know. Yeah. Because I know things that nobody else in the world knows. I know things that make me don't, I don't want to look in the mirror anymore. I don't want to. Sure. And he loves me anyway. And what Shannon did during that, that stretch after she, her relationship with Christ um, was renewed and restored that she showed me that unconditional love. Look, I love you. Come home. Right. Be a husband. Be my be a father to these kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's impossible. Yeah. And I was like, if she loves me like that, how much more can? I mean, because we still argue. I mean, it's a crazy <laughs> thing, but we still do. Sure. Um. So she is. She's probably the most important. I mean, Christ is our, is our focus is the church, but she's probably the most important part of our church. Well, let's brag on the church. Tell me about the growth and what your next plans are. Well, we're getting ready to kick off a little bit of uh, just some interior updates, some Uh painting, flooring, uh, some chairs. We are really excited about all that. Man, so much has happened in the church. Just lives change, you know. It's cool to see my drinking buddies hanging out and and loving (laughs) Jesus. You know, uh, I tell you... Stan, Stan Newberry, uh, uh-huh. he's uh, he's in charge of our ushers. Okay, growing awesome. and just man, his life is such a blessing to me, and uh-huh. to see what God's done in him. You know, Cody sure. Fletcher's just he leads our men's ministry, our men's group, and he's just killing it. There's just you know, uh, gosh, Corey Sparkman, <laughs> Jeremiah Marshall, all these guys that are, you know, they were. Justin Bishop, man, there's all these guys that that uh, have been drawn in sure. because something's different, you know. Right. Our and, and our church is so have the speaker is is probably the worst on the planet ever. And the reason people come to Word of Life and the reason that they fall in love with Jesus is because of the atmosphere that they build just being there. Because they're like real. Everybody's just real people. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. This is me. This was me. This is what I'm working on. This is my, 
you know, all I know is God's good and I, I love him and want to serve him. And when people come in, they see and sense this atmosphere of uh-huh. you're welcome here. Right. You know, we use the term welcome home. A lot of churches use that term. But I think our church has the ability to portray that in action and conversation. Yeah, that's the deal is walking the walk. You know, we had a, I, I talked to him the other night. I said, you know, what we tend to do is whenever we talk, we just, we sit in circles. Uh-huh. And it's it's just because that's the way we can see each other. And, sure. and I'm like, look, we have to help our teens out and our people that are serving and all that understand that we can still talk and have these conversations, but we need to be in a, in a line because I don't want a first-time guest to come in and see somebody's back. Right. Um, I know when I first went to church, I was, you know, I'm that guy. I was like, man, I walk in here, this place is going to blow up and catch on fire <laughs> if they find out who I am and, yeah. and I see all these people that I know and you know in fact I had a guy come to me that's well, been a few years ago but he came up to me and he said I, I gotta apologize to you and I said for what and he said when you walked in church he said I nudged my wife and said you want to see an example of somebody I'll never change there he is huh. and he's like I never should have said that and I said <laughs> well you had every right to say it uh-huh because I've been doing this for, I've been an alcoholic for 21 years. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. here's the cycle again. And exactly. I said, I appreciate the apology, but you don't, you don't owe me anything. I gave you every reason to believe that about me. And I probably should have been, you know, people were like, watch out, because you don't know. Yeah. It, it took a long time for Shannon to, under, to, to really be at peace, to know that I, wasn't, that I was going to come home from work. Right. Um, Church is, church is great. God is, God is good, and, and uh, you know, he, he just provides, and we're able to do some things that we got to, we got to go pay off school lunch debt in Maryville uh-huh. right before Christmas. That That's was awesome. And there was, you know, there was, we, we want to be the church, and there were some, some uh, families that weren't going to have Christmas. Uh-huh. You, you know, it's just some, man, we're sometimes we just get in those tough seasons, and Money's short and demand is high, and that brings yeah. so much pressure on on parents and right. And so we we were able to provide um, Christmas for some families that weren't uh-huh. going to have it. And and through that, what we did was just hey, we put we put these items up on the tree, and we you know we kind of took a got a got a wish list from the kids of things that they would want. And, sure. And and uh, man, our church is just so amazing. Because we wanted to be able for them to get necessities. But uh-huh. just because a family's in a tough season doesn't mean that the kids can't have toys. Sure, yeah. Like, you know, it, we're all going to get socks and underwear the rest of our life. If the church is going to be giving like Jesus is giving, he gives an abundance and, uh-huh. and an overflow. So we were able to give them some necessities and then give them some just toys, just fun toys and, uh-huh. and video games or whatever, headphones, all the stuff that... You know, the kids, kids want. want. Yeah. And so we put all this these items out on the tree. And then we did some people were like, you know, we just did like some dollar amounts and tags and just said, hey, all those tags are in need. If you guys want to grab one. And people were just pulling these things off. Wow. And just when it was all said and done, they had provided every need. Uh-huh. There were there were packages coming. And people would buy, take the tag. They'd buy the, the toy, the item or whatever. And then they're like, "Hey, well, I just want to give this too," and and they were right. just giving money, and we were done. Every every need was above and beyond met, and they were like, "Our church just like gave all this extra money." Yeah. And so I just was like, "Man, let's let's just pray about what to do," and I called over to school and I said, "Hey, I don't know, I don't know how this works, but man, it'd be really cool if we could help you out or help some people out. Can you give me that number?" Uh-huh. And they're like, "Yeah," and so we just. We're like you know what that's let's do it let's just knock that out and yeah. uh, it was it was so cool just to be the to see the church not just meet the need but just above and beyond right and uh, I'm so happy we got such great leaders and and people that call word of life home um, they're 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 way better at doing what they do than than I am at leading them and uh, it's it's just crazy it's it's fun. Well, and let's brag on Jesus. Yeah, he is uh, <laughs> the uh, 
there's so much that I'm learning about him through through my walk with him and pastoring the church about his grace and his I, I mean I, I got it I, I knew when I got saved like wow I was only alive because of grace like sure and, and, and I don't understand I know I know that God is good. He is the beginning and the end. His presence is with us, whether we're saved or not saved, however our life is. And I also understand that we live in a fallen world, completely live in a in a fallen world. Sure. Uh, we all have physical bodies. We all make decisions. And with those decisions, there's at times there's this divine covering and, and feels like at times that there's not. And yeah. I don't understand that. I We'll never pretend, you know. Yeah. When when we walk, we walk a family through a tragedy. Yeah. I I know my job is not to have the answer. Right. My job is to talk to him about the one that does, and Jesus is the one that can bring comfort in in every situation. Um, for just kind of this new season of understanding His grace for people. Uh-huh. Um, we we've. We've really, uh, the church has expanded and reached new demographics uh-huh. of people. Um, a lot of people are driving a, a decent distance to come and go to church at, at Word of Life. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, I didn't realize how um, how narrow my view of things were in life because I've... I've been in Maryville for 35 years, you know, 40 years, something like that. I've, yeah. I've been here forever. And you just live this way and, and you're surrounded by people that all, we all kind of look alike, talk alike, sure. think alike, yeah. live alike. And we've, with the, with some of the new people, it is so amazing to get, um, some of the conversations that I've had have brought such great insight and just enlightened me to some things of God and, and viewpoints and thought processes and beliefs and how the, you know, and it's uh-huh. like, wow, like this is, it's, it's really incredible to me. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I know, I think, I mean, people are drawn to the Lord. They're, they're brought there. And I think God's bringing people to help me help other people. Sure. And to blend this so we don't get in. Um, a friend of mine, Terry Mize, always says that the church is really good at just going from ditch to ditch. He's like, <laughs> something starts working, yeah. we just sell out to this one thing, and right. that's it. And he's like, oh, well, that, well, too far over there. And he's like, then they yeah. get back up on the road for a little bit, and it's like, oh, this is work. We're going to do this. Yeah. And I feel like where we're at, we, we're getting this variety and balance and, and our small groups are are growing and people are from dem- different demographics and just the way that we are raised and the way that we it's live a world i'll tell you that and to bring them together and see them sit down and studying the bible and challenging each other and growing together it's like it is god is he's just keeps blowing my mind all the time that's and amazing he is something Something special, man. I I, uh, I did I did a podcast with my friend Chris, who uh, at the time was an atheist. Oh, really? He uh, he had grown up in uh, um, in the Mormon, uh-huh. and yeah. I mean he went to school, did his missions work, and is married to just an, an incredible lady. And somewhere along his walk, it. It just wasn't didn't go well, uh-huh. and so he just decided, you know what? If this is it, I don't want it. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Sure. And I don't want anything to do with God. And I just think that's it. And his wife stayed with him. They 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 love each other. They have kids and family. They're uh-huh. they're just an incredible couple. And when I met him, we were uh, we were doing CrossFit together. Uh-huh. And he asked me if I want to do this little competition with him. And I said, yeah. So it's kind of funny because during the competition, our, our team name is the Scorpion Death Squad. So <laughs> I could tell you about it, but then, you know, I'd have to kill you. But, you know. Exactly. I don't want um, to be killed. But you had, a, you had an atheist and a pastor uh-huh. doing a, a, a CrossFit competition together. Uh-huh. And we, had a, we just had a great time. He's an incredible, incredible guy. Uh-huh. 
and I didn't know, really know anything about him. And on our way home, and I was like, tell me about you. And he tells me that story. And I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah, I don't think much of church and church people. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay. He's like, what do you do? I said, dang it. <laughs> well, I pastor your church. He's like, I know, I do that. <laughs> and I just, I shared a little bit with him. You know, I was like, well, I said, I don't know that. Uh, I said, I, I, I have nothing to say about your past. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the situation, circumstance, sure. the people any of that. I said, but I know that when somebody introduced me to Jesus for who he was, that was irresistible to me. And I said, I think, I don't think you've had a real good introduction to Jesus, right? Whatever that means. And and I said, so often we put ourselves into place or we think we have to build him up or tone him down or all this. And I said, if you, if he's just really introduced for who he is, he's, he's, uh, he's really something spectacular. And he was like, huh, okay. Well, then after that, it was like a few months later, he wanted to do the podcast. And uh-huh. and this is kind of what we want. I thought he wanted to talk about me doing a CrossFit as an old guy <laughs> and how incredibly fit that I was, but that has nothing. No, um, I'm not at all. But he, uh, we just started talking and he was asking me more and more about my life story. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. And so as we went through, he was like, now you, you pastor a church. I said, yeah. He said, well, I may have to come visit sometime. I said, uh-huh. I'm going to hold you to that. I, I said, I'd be honored to have you. Uh-huh. And he came and uh, after the service, I was like, man, it's good to have you. And he kind of had tears in his eyes. And I said, yeah, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. I said, I got, I'll, I'll be back. I said, great. <laughs> he said, I got to figure out if I'm having this Marley and me moment or if, uh, <laughs> yeah, or what's going on. I said, yeah, just keep coming back. And, and, uh, he did. He kept coming back, and uh, um, eventually, you know, I, I gave him. I gave the altar call uh-huh. at the end of the service, and I said, you know, if you want Christ in your life, be your Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand. And, and I looked over, and he just lifted his head up, and he said, "That's me, man." And uh, I came uncorked and ran over there and gave him a hug and told him <laughs> I loved him and I was proud of him. And uh, he got he got water baptized a few weeks later, and. Uh-huh. Uh, the next time I went to CrossFit, he is wearing his baptism T-shirt that says "I have decided," and, uh-huh. and uh, that is the to me he is the story of of Christ. You know, uh-huh. like we were on the opposite ends of the spectrum when we met. Uh-huh. He didn't want anything to do with it. He he said, "I I'm gonna, I live I want to live my life in a way that just says don't be a jerk." Uh-huh treat people nice and, sure. and then whatever happens happens right you know and i and i'm living everything i do i want to do for christ and uh-huh. represent him and it just shows that if if we don't make too much of it uh-huh. in in the sense of i didn't try to i didn't try to combat him and his sure. belief yeah or in his lifestyle or anything overwhelm him. i just i just knew i said I love this guy. I know Jesus loves him and what he, God's creating for a purpose and and I want him to be in the relationship with him. And I just was just like, God, you just show me what to do. And he said, just love him the way I loved you. Sure. The way your wife loved you. Exactly. And I was like, that's pretty simple. (laughs) And uh, so it's, it's been, those are things that God's doing that Jesus is doing. All you know that we're seeing. Well, he's being on podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's it. The face for radio. Um, but he's. It's that's. It's all him. Um, Peter and Jesus had a had a conversation. You know, at uh, in the Bible it says in the places Caesarea Philippi, sure. when Jesus asked the disciples, he goes, "Who do you who do you think I am? Who do you say I am?" And they were, there's a number of them said, repeating what everybody else has yes, said. Well, they exactly. say you're Elijah. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. And he looks at Peter and goes, well, what about who do you say? And Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Right. And, and Jesus just says, no man told you that. You got that from the Lord. Uh-huh. And on that declaration, that statement, that faith, that rock, that's what I'm going to build my church on. Uh-huh. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right. And as long as the church, 
keeps Jesus as the number one thing. Like it's about Him. When we worship, we don't worship us. We worship Him. Sure. We sing about how great He is, and we teach His Word. Um, something we've done. We'll, we'll finish. We got two weeks left, and we'll have I'll have preached all the way through the Book of Romans. It's uh-huh. been about eighteen months. That is. Wow. But just to break it down, verse by verse, and go through, uh-huh. and to see people devour His Word. And take it and apply it to their life and grow is uh, that's that's the church and yeah. love God love people you know we we try to you know kind of our values are love God love people uh, pursue excellence and choose joy uh-huh. and I think those four things will help us helps the church that's all over list. for sure so yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here. And wow, thank you. Every minute. Thank you, Dale. I, I yes. appreciate you having me. And uh, this is really, really cool to be able to yeah, sit down and talk I with love you it. for sure. It's been fun. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Glad I asked. Let's see here. Make sure there we are.